guys. Welcome to What the F, Season 3, Episode 4. I've got today with me uh, George, my service dog, who insists on being on the camera today. He just wants a little, little props for what he does. Uh, if you don't know, you don't have to necessarily go through service school training for a dog. I had no idea, and this guy has helped me during uh, every seizure I've had near him. If you want to learn more, I'd recommend going to the ADA.gov and looking up service dog requirements. And it's pretty crazy what legally we are allowed to have. I'm also rocking this shirt, Epilepsy Strong. It's from the Living Well with Epilepsy Etsy shop. I highly recommend checking it out. By the way, this is not a paid thing. I've not been paid to wear this or talk about this. I came across this shirt and was like, I need to own it. And it's very soft and very lovely. And I was going to save it for like after I have a seizure, because I have this whole bag of clothes that I wear after I have a seizure. But this is just kind of fun to wear around, so I highly recommend checking it out. I will drop their link in the description for this episode, which this episode is with Jared Muscat, who has been an epilepsy advocate for a long time and kind of amazes me because <laughs> he surfs. One of the first things I was told, and I know a lot of people were told um, after being diagnosed with epilepsy, is like, don't take baths. You're like, what? And it's like, because you could drown. And then it's like, oh, so I guess that means like swimming is out. I mean, drowning is a, one of the leading causes of death among people with epilepsy. So it, it, it just like baffles me that he surfs, you know, and um, has epilepsy. And I, I just wanted to know more. It was a really awesome conversation. He's such a great person. And I was really happy to have him on the show. Uh, George was too. Um, because George loves the water. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to sh give a shout out to our epilepsy fave of the week, which is Angels of Epilepsy. Um, if you have not checked out this nonprofit, I highly recommend you do. It is run by Natalie Beavers, who is just the most amazing woman, has been on uh, this show before, but is everywhere in the epilepsy world. Like, she is just. Just the most amazing human. And the Angels of Epilepsy offers many things like support groups and education and anything under the sun, you name it, and it's there. And our fan of the week is Danielle, who sent us a DM. And um, she said, not going to lie, the timing of me finding you guys is kind of impeccable. I just had a tonic clonic yesterday as I was getting ready for work after being a little bit more than one year seizure free. And oh, that's just the worst. I've been there and it sucks. And I hope you're doing well now and check in with us if you want to. And then of course we have to thank, we being George and myself, we are so appreciative to SK and Norales. Thank you so much for believing in this podcast. Thank you so much for knowing the effects it makes on people um, like Danielle and like all of our fans and listeners out there, um, putting us in the top 25% of podcasts in our first year. It's absolutely amazing. And reaching over 260 cities worldwide is just humbling. And we want to thank you so much for making this possible. Okay, guys, here you go. Hey guys, welcome to What the F. Today we are here with Jared, who works in advertising and marketing, is a huge epilepsy advocate, 
And what a lot of people know him for is his time on the water, specifically with surfing, um, because not too often that you hear about someone with epilepsy who's also a surfer. So, hey, Jared, thanks so much for being here. Hey, Landis, it's nice to see you again. Been too long. I know, you know, you're diagnosed with epilepsy at 18 and the doctor was like, you can't surf. And you're like, uh, yes, I can. I used to be in the water all the time before I was diagnosed with epilepsy at 32. And then all of a sudden, like now I have like my own protocol for when I will go in a, in the lake or in the ocean. So I'm just so curious as to like what that journey has been like for you. A lot of what people reach out to me about is that most often it's moms like, hey, my son's a surfer. He just got diagnosed with epilepsy. Like, how did you approach it? And, you know, I want to let him pursue his passion, but I was scared for him. And I'm blunt and I'm honest. And, and I'd say when I was 18, I approached it very naively and, and bravado. When I was diagnosed, I barely had an idea really of what epilepsy was going to entail other than the t couple of seizures I endured. And I'd already had a decent amount of like pretty solid injuries in my life. So I was like, ah, it's just <laughs> an injury and I didn't have to rehab. So whatever. <laughs> uh, like it, I don't think I fully processed the danger I was putting myself into by going out and surfing. Um, basically like my protocol was if I hadn't had a seizure in the last 48 hours, I was good to go. And you know, that was, Almost what I lived through up until the seizures became way too consistent. And then it became, you know, about a 72 hour window. And I would, you know, if a seizure had happened recently, I'd be going with a friend just to make sure someone was nearby. Sure. Uh, and did that friend know to look out for it? Or were you yeah, just they like, know they yeah. know to keep an eye on me. Um, sure. But, you know, all that said, I'd been surfing, you know, I started surfing when I was nine years old and it was a deep, deep passion wow. of mine. So yeah. that's a huge reason why I think I felt like safe and empowered to just go do it. And totally. also like if something happened and it all ended in the water, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. Like I I'd kind of mentioned the bad injuries, but one of them was I broke my back body surfing. Um, oh, wow. And, like, a, yeah, and like for no a joke. couple minutes was partially paralyzed. It, it just like, wow. I'd already. Did you say you were partially my, paralyzed? Yeah, I'd had my moment in the ocean and I wasn't like scared to have wow. another one, I Got guess. Okay. Um, so yeah. That was how I approached it. But I always tell everyone else they can be smarter um, or they <laughs> can follow that if that feels, you know, if it's something similar where it's like yeah. another year old who's been surfing for 10 plus years just gets diagnosed like all right feel your body out learn what the seizures feel like you know i had my trigger warnings where i knew all right in the next 24 hours something's happening the trigger warning was basically i'd have a pretty like noticeable deja vu moment i get those yeah i'd, I'd have a really big one it, yeah. it wasn't like just i don't think it completely classified as the one most people get but it it was just so apparent. I was like, oh, it would just trigger a gosh darn it. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, prep, prep for it. Because for the most part, they would happen early in the morning for me. Okay. Uh, they did start to vary to be throughout the day and, and things like that. But for the most part, it was in the morning. And I would just, you know, tell my boss, hey, I'm working from home tomorrow. I think one's on the way. Wow. Um, he'd always be okay with that. And 
just adjust my schedule accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it'd be later and I'd be working through the morning. I'd be like, oh, maybe I made it. Um, and then it would happen later in the day. And, it would, you know, like, yeah, but that that was basically how it went. I remember my doctor saying those weren't trigger warnings. Those well, they were, they, but they were small seizures of themselves. Uh, yeah, I've heard that, too. Yeah. For me, like my passion is running. And that's like, I, similarly, I've been doing it since I was a kid. You know, I've been running since I was like 10. And for a while, I couldn't run because of my seizures were so frequent. And then once I, for there was like a few years, I went without running. And then when I got back to it, it was just like, like the word empowering you used. And like that, that resonates so hard to me with my passion. It all of a sudden it took new meaning in my life. And I'm just curious if surfing like an epilepsy, like if that had an effect like that on you. Oh, for sure. I mean, it had already been a like I said, it was already a passion. I'd made decisions in high school to focus my life towards surfing for college and thereafter. And um, you know, when it became, you know, the ocean's still the only place I've never had a seizure. Like I never wow. like I had hundreds of seizures, but never the ocean. Wow. Um, so that's very beautiful. I think it, you know, it, it took an identity outside of just being like my favorite thing to do and kind of sourcing the clothes I wore and my lingo or whatnot, but also as my safe haven. And, um, yeah, you know, like I haven't had a seizure in over two years. And before that, it was over That's a so year, awesome. all thanks to my surgery. But, um, I still look to it as like, if I go surfing, I'm going to be a better person because of what it gives me. And, yeah. like, and, you know, it does help make sure a seizure is probably not happening. Yeah, it has that positive effect on your mental health and then, like, releases all those endorphins and all the good stuff, you know. Um, it's so funny when, like, doctors will be like, you know, people with epilepsy, like, really should exercise. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, we, you know, that's such a lug. I feel like for me anyway, it's such a luxury getting to exercise or getting to do the thing that I love to do. Um, I mean, I've had so many seizures on runs because I made a poor decision to go for a run, you know, which isn't as dangerous as um, the water. But it's like it was like I just I was ignored all the signs and was like, I'm but this will help my, you know, it's a very personalized approach for each person, I guess, is is where I finalize it. There's an epilepsy, um, a surfing for epilepsy event I do in New Jersey almost every year. It's done by Paul's Purple Warriors. Um, it's a great group um, that does this event every year. They get about 25 plus kids with epilepsy and they have a local surf school help. So each surfer has a coach right there with them. Um, there's two doctors on a, on the beach and an EMT there waiting as well. So if anything happened, you know, there's as much safety as possible. Um, and there's a wide range of the epilepsy where some kids, you know, they definitely have their life vests on and um, they're being, you know, their parents are even out there with the instructor to just keep that one little extra eye. I help some of the kids and I surf with them and it's a great example again of kind of what I'd said it's a personalized approach 
So, you know, maybe for some people, it's absolutely the safest way to go about water sport would be with someone with you every single time. It would really be unfortunate to not have someone, you know, with you. If you could tell our listeners what surgery you had and why. I've been having a lot of seizures. I mean, when I first got diagnosed, I did. I was having them maybe once every six months, almost a year. And then they just started to get more frequent, more drastic, and also vary up. I'd actually even gone through a 10-day coma, I think it was 2009 or 2010, I can't ever remember. But in 2017, my wife and I had just been married the year before, and we'd started to think about having kids, and we just were like, can't do kids if I'm having seizures as frequently as I have them. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to sense. switch doctors, um, and uh, the new doctor put me through tests I'd just never been through before before and what, what he just covered the um just different types of mris um sure. there's like a memory mri there was a thinking mri then non-contrast mris just di different e e egs and so they discovered focal cortical dysplasia um which is just like a batch of neurons that i'm not i mean no one should listen to me as a doctor but it's like they're always happy uh, you're born with it early in life or you're born with it and a lot of times it de it'll develop early and there's a good chance the brain kicks it out okay. uh, or it waits until later and then it's there um, it starts acting and it's it's just stuck there and that it, it never likes to listen to medicine so the cure is to try to pull as much out as possible they did a bunch of tests to study my cognitive skills and see where my cognitive skills lie in relevance to the focal cortical. Um, and then they just pulled out a cubic centimeter. Um, it was right next to the hippocampus. They pulled out the amygdala and a little bit of other stuff on the left side. And it made my brain work, no seizures. And it actually like works better than it did before because there's not really the cloud of happy neurons anymore. Like it's easier to think straight. Uh, it was a lot harder to concentrate back in the day. That's so crazy. It caused quite severe stresses for myself and my family. It, like it was easier for me than most. Why is that? Well, I had a mainly a solution with surgery, and now I don't really have to worry about my epilepsy anymore. I mean, I still have to take my medicine, but. We're slowly taking down dosages. That's awesome. There's like the slightest chance maybe I won't have dosages at some point in life. But Fingers crossed, I hope so. At the very least, I'm not feeling or worried about a trigger coming anymore and kind of get to live a more, slightly more free lifestyle. That's awesome. Yeah. I really love how you guys were like, you know, this is the decision we want to make in order to have children and... Um, I don't know. It just seems very like uh, team based and very responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We're a team. Um, she's our captain for the most part. But I mean, I get some free passes. <laughs> what I want to know is the story of how you met your wife. It was interesting in my early twenties, dating and stuff, where you're always sober. It was always kind of slow going for me because I just. I, I just wasn't having as much fun or, uh, you know, as free will, like happy to go. I don't know. 
as most people at the party. Um, or maybe I was too judgmental because I saw what you get to do when you drink. Uh, but There's so much yeah, freedom. Anyway, one of yeah. my funny one of my funny roles was I I became the uh, designated driver for our group. I lived in Encinitas at the time, uh, Lucadia specifically, and it's a little especially back at that time. It was a town of um, one degree separation, if that. And oh, wow. uh, you know, I worked in the surf industry. Most of my friends worked in the surf industry, and. Our friend, their friends that didn't work in the surf industry lived with them. And so we all knew each other. And I'd go out to bars with everyone. I'd drink water or sodas to maybe try to disguise that I wasn't drinking. But then I'd always just start doing rounds of driving people home. It was like kind of fun. You got to be a, a hero for a little bit. <laughs> get some funny stories to talk about the next day and yeah you're like you don't remember this but yeah I do. <laughs> exactly yeah and i use that because like one of the um that's actually how i met my wife and sometimes she tries to argue this but sometimes she'll admit it um where i driven her home a couple times um and just couldn't ever get her to remember my name though like the <laughs> ran into her or like couldn't ever get her to talk to me and this one day I was meeting up with a buddy at a bar for a burger um, after to watch a, some football. And she was there. And I was like, dude, no, like, I don't want to hang out with her. I'm so tired of her, like, just not <laughs> noticing me. Just and no idea. Yeah. He, like, made her talk to me. And um, we hit it off that night. And uh, yeah, it was kind of that that's how we met. And yeah, sometimes she argues against it. But <laughs> what's her what was her? Side. She just she just tries to refuse the fact that I ever drove her home or that we like really were that close in terms of. <laughs> people know. But then there are photos of us in the same group at parties and things. Mm -hmm. So she ended up having to forfeit. But <laughs> You're like I legitimately have photographic evidence. I think it's different when. You have epilepsy and like nowadays for me, one of the medications I take in my evening time medication, it almost puts me to sleep immediately. Uh, so if I was trying to go out and hang out with people and it gets to be nine o'clock, it's either me, it's me making a health decision to maybe wait till later in the evening to take the medications or being like, all right, I've had fun, everyone, I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. I definitely lean into that ladder category there's like you know i and i'm just like i've just leaned into like my grandma lifestyle i call it where like i'm just in bed and that's very cool you got to drive your friends because like i always say i'm the most useless sober person ever because i don't drink and i can't drive because my seizures are too frequent <laughs> so i don't have a license anymore you know like it's like i always feel like i don't know when i'm holding that little soda water and lime like i'm just like oh the self-loathing right now like i'm so sorry guys like i can't i mean i get that i used to feel like the bartenders hated me yeah uh, oh like yes. they're expecting you to come and give them a nice tip and order something and i'm just yep. like water like, <laughs> uh, why would you want water i'm like well i mean even if i was drinking it'd probably be smart to have water but right <laughs> You know, especially because I have epilepsy, I should mm -hmm. have water. 
Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. The NA market has started to grow. And I've really leaned into that. Like I had um, my first NA beer that was good. Um, I don't know, last sometime last summer. And it tasted like a Stella. And like I saw it, we're coming from different places. Like, cause I used to drink, like I partied a lot in my 20s. Like I probably for the rest of my life, I'm good to go. Like I'm partying, you know? Yeah, I got it in. But, um, and it, this beer, it's uh, the brand is groovy and it tasted like a Stella. And I like, I almost cried because I was like, I've just been wanting the taste. I don't want to feel drunk. I don't want, I just want, I just have been missing the taste. And a lot of bars is now starting to carry NA stuff. And I love it. We are truly the opposite because I didn't get to party in my 20s. Um, and I, I was strict about it. And then uh, about a, two or so years after surgery and going no seizures, I, I've started to drink here and there. And I can't find a beer that I like. Like the just the taste, I think it's something you have to acquire in your twenties or teens. <laughs> to like be able to hold on to. Uh yeah. and look forward to like I can't this I can't uh find yeah, I can't find a beer. I like cider, but even at that it's not something where I'm looking to like, oh, I wanna sit down and enjoy this drink, which I think in a certain way is a blessing in disguise. Like you're not sure. gonna have um, alcohol issues or just an overall healthier choice. Yeah. It sucks to be forced into it and to not have the, the option by mm-hmm. far. But I always would look for little blessings in disguise. When the doctor told, my first doctor told me, the first thing she said was no surfing. And I said, sorry, that's not going to happen. Then she told me also no drinking. I was like, cool. I'll like leave a party early so I can wake up early the next morning for surfing so like it, That's so it's so interesting all, how that connected yeah looking for little opportunities and by no means to, i'm not saying it's great because it does confine epilepsy at the end of the day confines each and every one of us in some way shape or form but totally there are certain ways to find caveats well it's so interesting because the more people i talk to in the epilepsy community the more i find we're all we're full of silver linings like there's so many people who will be like epilepsy like sucks. However, it has created like an amazing journey in my life and I wouldn't be who I am today. And I like this person. I'm like, I just feel like I keep coming across silver lining um, people. And I don't know if that's just like epilepsy only affects people who can, <laughs> can find silver linings. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> or if it's just like, just, you know, like that's how you survive it. I'm not, you know, but it's pretty amazing to me. I just love hearing that. It took me a long time to get there, a long time to be like, oh, this was actually a good thing. And I even hate saying it out loud because sometimes I'm like, oh, I wouldn't. That's you know. what I was going to just ask you, like how long it took you to tell people outside of your close knit group. Because like for me, I almost didn't tell like I didn't tell my first I didn't tell my first two employers it had they didn't find out till I had seizures in the office. So many people say that. Yeah. I wasn't telling a lot of people about it. I was even thinking about how we were talking about being in the water with friends. It's like, well, I surf, you know, almost the same spot most days. I don't have the phone numbers of every guy in the lineup, but we all know each other's names and say hi to each other. Sure. Like, so no, I don't tell them about my epilepsy because I don't need to worry about it anymore. But maybe back in the day, 
I would have or should have said, hey, dude, by the way, I have epilepsy. So if you see me floundering, please come help. Oh, God, I have those moments all the time where I'm like, I should have told this person and this person. Yeah, so like, I, I think for me, I remember the reason I found my resource to get my new doctor was through coming out and talking about epilepsy and being like, all right, this sucks, but I have to own it. So the way I'm going to own it is be kind of proud about it. I, I don't know. It was a mental process to start talking to it about more people. And then I found the silver linings. I think maybe before that, it was just a dark space. Oh, this is good. You're right. It's like you kind of have to talk about it to get there. A lot of times when I was in darker spaces on the road to the brain surgery or on the recovery, I'd reach out to other epilepsy friends to talk to yep. them because mm-hmm. uh, they either had done it or done something similar and could relate in a different way. And yes, I, don't know, I think there's something about people with epilepsy when you can like own it and find some type of external resource or Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's like talking about it with other people who get it, you know, and I think, um, you know, you ask when I started telling people, so I first started dating, I would just make up all these lies, like about why I wasn't drinking, why I wasn't like going into work every day, you know, like, and just like, I would just lie and just make up this. And I think like, it was probably pretty transparent. I'm not a great liar. (laughs) So it was probably pretty transparent, you know, that something shady was going on. And that's why, like, I would go on, like, two dates and then be done. (laughs) But, like, I think it was um, when I, yeah, when I finally started accepting that I had it. And it still sometimes, like, hits me. Like, uh, this week I stopped um, in the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago uh, to say hi to the crew there. And... The word I saw the word epilepsy and it just like I was like oh I have that like it's still it's still just even kind of sits in my soul and like takes me by surprise and you know it's like right this is a thing that I that I have and it because I don't know it just feels like acceptance is kind of fluid but I definitely agree with you the more once I started reaching out to like a support group and finding another person who it was, who was also diagnosed as an adult, you know, that those were two big milestone markers for me of when I was able to start seeing it for what it is and um, accept that it's a thing in my life. Right. Yeah. I think like the main reason I try to do epilepsy advocacy is to help people feel more comfortable to own it. Like, hmm. that's so like, beautiful. Not be scared of hiding, like, don't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Like, um, and it's it's easier said than done, you know. I think no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it took really bad seizures and life changing events to make me decide how I, you know, each time I had one of the really bad seizure clusters that did some sort of hospitalization was when I took one more step and like okay i have epilepsy i need to do better at these two you know but um it hopefully more people can get to those realizations earlier instead of having to go through bad health moments yeah uh, to get there i know it's like it's it, it and it drives me crazy sometimes when the cliches are true when it's like you have to hit rock bottom in order to like you know get up and it's like 
God damn it, that's actually true. Because <laughs> uh, I know I definitely hit those moments. Um, you know, just trying, and when I kept it just to my close circle as to what was going on um, and reaching out for help and then realizing, like, I needed a bigger circle of people. For sure. So, well, this has been an awesome conversation. I love that you get out on the water and and you still pursue your passion and you still go after it, you know, every day. I think that is so cool. Um, and just that you take the temperature of, like, where you're at, you know, in order to do the thing that you love. But um, I think it's really inspiring for the rest of us out there, for sure. And I guess the one thing I want to ask um, is, like, if, you know, are you okay with people uh, hearing this and maybe, like, maybe a mom's hearing it and reaching out to you about this? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% for trying to be a resource for anyone involved with the epilepsy community a mom if you're you know a lot of people that reach out to me are fellow surfers recently diagnosed or who had similar stories and just want a new pal oh well thank you so much for being here jared this has just been amazing and we will definitely uh add the link for paul's purple warriors we'll have the link in the description of this podcast episode um thanks so much really appreciate it